I know that you want to make a difference, and I'm going to tell you how. You're on Top of the Mount with Darren Waddles. before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The things that God has told you shall come to pass. The greatest revival in the history of this church. Hello again and welcome to On Top of the Mount. I'm your host, Darren Waddles. Well, I know it comes to no surprise, I have been MIA for a while now. And uh, I have a very good excuse. Um, but uh, today on this podcast, we are going to talk about... Oh, ha! Wouldn't you know it. Oh, Uncle Rob, you just texted me. And another thing, and oh gosh, there's pictures involved. Oh dear. Well, you know who you are because you're one of the listeners that uh, reminded me. There had been a number of y'all, uh, listener up in Canada, a few listeners down here in Arkansas, and my uncle up in Ohio, and a couple of others across the country that have texted me to fi- or you know find out what in the world's going on. Uh, but nonetheless... I am back. Uh, as I said, things have been kind of crazy. But uh, in my last episode, I wanted to talk about what actually happened in Afghanistan and what's going on currently. And I know that has been so long ago. But I said I was going to do it, and by golly, I'm going to do it. Um but uh, before I dive into this discussion on the Taliban, on this constant in and out of uh, policy changes and uh, power uh, transitions, I want to express what's going on in my world. And I felt horrible that I have not been able to just sit down and record and because this was getting to be a good routine, I've enjoyed doing it. I've enjoyed having these conversations with you. A lot of you have expressed your interest and your love for the topics that I have brought up. And so it really upset me that I wasn't able to just sit down and record. But um, some of y'all know, uh, but I, I might as well say it, um, you know, before I was able to make another recording, uh, my grandfather had been very ill, and you know he has been really uh, one of the biggest cheerleaders for this podcast. Um, and you know he he did pass, and that kind of slowed things down quite a bit. 
And then on top of that, right after the funeral, things just got extremely hectic and busy. Um, and it kind of blew my mind of how quickly things escalated. And we, you know, I have mentioned it in uh, this podcast and even in uh, my cousin uh, uh, Justin C. Gleason's podcast. Um, I am a chairman for my county. And what that consists of is that not only do I have legal obligations for the party uh, as defined by the Arkansas State Constitution that we have to meet every year at certain times, uh, but we fundraise for candidates and we campaign for candidates. We also recruit candidates for office. And if you haven't noticed, uh, it's campaign campaign season. Uh, things get busy around this time of year. And uh, uh, where this comes into uh, more of a hecticness is that it's also redistricting. We just had our census in 2020. The data had finally come in, though it was late. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, It caused things to be rushed, and things got crazy really quick. And so the Arkansas legislature had to meet, and they had to hash out a deal on how the congressional districts were going to go. And we couldn't do any changes in our county for our uh, our county legislative body um, until they made those revisions. And then after that, we get the state legislative lines that are drawn by the state board. And, oh my gosh, it has been so crazy. And with these new lines, you know, People get to decide whether they're going to run again. And we also had new term limits being established this cycle for Arkansas. So there's a handful of open seats, which means that there is a vacuum and everyone wants to jump in on this vacuum. Uh, So there are several, several candidates running right now. And so as chairman, you want to make sure the state candidates, be it a constitutional office, a legislative office, or how be it, whatever they're running for, you want them to come to your county and you want your people to get to know them as a candidate so they have, uh, they, they're more educated on uh, who they're voting for come the primary and in the general election. So your my job is to also schedule uh, these candidates to come and visit the county. But in redistricting, I also played a role in trying to communicate with uh, the state board to give us the best deal that we possibly could. Although my county got the short end of the stick and I really couldn't do much about it uh, because, you know, it's all, uh, you know, this is probably something I'll have to discuss on a a separate podcast because today we're talking about the Taliban. But I'm just giving you a quick review of what's all going in the world and it's been crazy but in the north part of arkansas we had a huge population boom like rogers bentonville uh, springdale huge population boom up there while in the east and in the south part of arkansas so the delta and the the flatlands of arkansas 
we saw a massive reduction in population. So my county is right in the middle of all that. So we got to be filler for all that. So it didn't really work out really well for my county. Uh, but we'll find out um, here soon what the new lines will be because I had been negotiating and hoping that we can fix these things for the final uh, map change. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I also played a very uh, big role in trying to you know, make a plan for our county legislative lines, drawing maps, and that was very tedious and fun. Um, it took several weeks and negotiations on that. Uh, I came up short in the map drawing, but that's fine, um, which I'm, I'm going to talk about why I couldn't in just a second, uh, or why mine didn't go through. Uh, but also, I have been very busy... Uh, you know, working at my church, doing the stuff that I do there. Uh, I have a full-time job. And on top of that, I'm also doing uh, Purpose Institute. And, uh, oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm also secretary of two different organizations. One's for our congressional district and one's for another state organization, uh, which I act as parliamentarian, keeping track of rules and whatnot and make sure everything's kosher and uh, that within itself is crazy and with redistricting you can only imagine that my mind has been very boggled down but also uh, participate in uh, this is my third semester in Purpose Institute and uh, you know with the readings and uh, the uh, worksheets you got to do and the studying and um, uh, also writing essay papers and attending these classes, it, it does. It is a load. I enjoy it, but it is a load in trying to do stuff. But uh, with all this happening, death in the family and everything going on in my world with jobs and whatnot, it, it, it's like in life, I didn't have time to breathe. Um, I was getting attacked from all angles, no matter what it was. Uh, I was just stretched thin, and um, busyness came at me from the front, came from me at the rear, and it flanked me on both sides and boxed me in. And so I had to really make some hard choices on what are my priorities right now. And... I decided to chop the podcast for the time being because all these obligations, be it legal or actually stuff, you know, I have to have a job and I have to get paid. Um, they came first. And uh, so I'm sorry. Uh, and listen, I finally had the opportunity to catch up on some of my podcasts that I listen to. And I see that I am not the only one, which gave me a little bit of a sigh of relief that everyone, it seems like, this time of year, because we, we just had Thanksgiving, and we had some other holidays, birthdays, and whatnots. Everything seems to co coincide with one another, and I think every, I, I was just so relieved that I am not the only one having problems with uh, just being busy. But... Uh, you know, we talked about it in previous podcasts about COVID, 
Well, this lucky guy, after how, let's see, it happened in 2019, so two years since COVID appeared, uh, it took me two years, but finally, by accident, I caught the COVID. Now, I have been very safe, and uh, what I do, I've been trying to be responsible um, and respectful of others, but I guess I got flanked by uh, someone that was not being, and uh, I mean, in their in their uh, uh, defense, you know, they thought they had the cold, because I don't know if it's the Delta variant or what, but, um, you know, it really didn't affect them too bad, and when it got to me, it didn't really affect me that bad. I had one bad day, and that's it. But anyway, COVID to the side, I I got off work for two weeks, um, and because you had to quarantine, and honestly, even though COVID and having to get off work for two weeks, it doesn't sound like a great thing, but it was honestly the best thing to happen to me for the time because I finally had the chance to breathe and catch up on stuff. And I got to write my essays for Purpose Institute. I got to go and uh, do some stuff for all these organizations I just didn't have time in the day to do because of my job. And I'm caught up now. And it's so great. And now I can record and talk to you. And, you know... <clears throat> it's it's just nice to be back and to talk with y'all. So all that, we are now going to get onto our topic. And I know that was long-winded, but y'all deserved an explanation as to what is going on. And some of that may even interest you. And if any of that you'd like more details on, on redistricting or stuff like that, just give me... Uh, um, Shoot a response to me, um, which I didn't even do my uh, monologue at the beginning. Oh, jeez. Well, if you have, if you want to contact me, you know my email address. It's uh, draywaddles at gmail.com. You can also contact me through our or my Facebook page, On Top of the Mountain with Darren Waddles podcast, or through the website. All those details will be in the description box below. But anywho, going in to the discussion today. So, the Taliban, we know that the Biden administration made the call to just leave Afghanistan. And this was probably the worst decision that they could make to just leave. We, we left our ammunition, we left money, we left goods, We even left our own citizens in the country willy-nilly, and it was absolute chaos in the nation of Afghanistan. And we basically handed it to the Taliban because they put so much trust and investment into the current government of Afghanistan that we put in place. We thought they were equipped, which that's fine. You You can give a baby a gun to defend it, but the thing is, a baby doesn't know how to use a gun. It can barely lift a gun. And this is kind of the same instance of what 
that current administration in Afghanistan was given. They weren't ready for this. We thought they were quote-unquote trained, but they were not prepared. They had been on the training wheels this whole time. They had been on the training wheels this whole time. They had never been able to really build their muscles and uh, learn how to uh, equip themselves without the United States being by their side, being their dad, and guiding them along. And here comes this force that does know how to infiltrate, that has been our enemy that we have been fighting for years. We have been taking out their leaders, but they've replaced their leaders with somebody else. But their army knows how to operate. And they came in in full sweep and full power and took the nation of Afghanistan within a matter of hours because the current administration buckled because we left them with absolutely nothing, no support because they were not prepared and they were not ready. Now, what this really is, though, is a true example of absolute power versus democracy but more in detail to democracy is policy this absolute evil which is in this case the taliban it is absolute power we we know for a fact tyranny and absolute power only drives evil what whether it be pol pot whether it be uh, Stalin, be it uh, Castro, uh, Mugabe, uh, Hitler, any dictator that you can find has only been malicious, has only been evil. And versus the realm of democracy, which though they are not perfect, they do at least adhere to a population and try to support their fellow man rather than the self-interest of one person. Now, while looking at Afghanistan, we can see this yo-yo effect going on, that we see that there is absolute power in one instance and where there are bad things happening in the country, uh, and this is throughout the decades, within, uh, since the time of World War II. And since Afghan, Afghan, uh, Afghani independence from India in, I think, what, the 60s, I believe. Uh, which, since this time, there has been a yo-yo effect of domination of powers. And this is strictly because of policy and who is there at the time. And this when there was nobody who had good policy in Afghanistan at the time, because it was a new country. They went around the realm of democracy, and it faltered really quick because there was no strong leader. There was no strong policy. There was no good governance at the time, which allowed this vacuum. And when there's a vacuum, you're going to have people pouring in to fill in that spot. And thus came the Taliban. Thus came extremists. Just like what happened in Iran, which isn't too far away. There's Iran and uh, 
the Turks, the Turkish Empire and uh, or the uh, leaders of Turkey and the leaders of Saudi Arabia that invested money that put their ideologies into effect in the nation of Afghanistan and they are key players in it, especially involving the Taliban because the Taliban are allies with Al-Qaeda and other terrorist organizations. Surprise, surprise. They want control and be tyrannical to these individuals. Now, when this, I know this is kind of a rabbit trail and I'll get back on track, but this is important to us. Is because with the Taliban, there was no hope of getting missionaries over to that nation. There was no way to correspond with those individuals. And it is so sad that a government does not allow free thought. Now, if they wanted to stay uh, Muslim, that is their decision. That is their right. But to not give them the ability to look at what else is available, to see what can uh, be beneficial to them, is just absolutely sad. And on top of that, not only is it uh, banned, but it is penalized by death because we saw as soon as the Taliban took control, they started beheading people. They started killing people because of their ethnic groups or being Christian or uh, being Christian American and missionaries. It is so sad. Uh, but to get back on track, this time of unfortunate events is due to policy. And the United States, for a period of time, had very strong policy. Regardless of whether you liked Trump or not, it was strong and it scared the opposition. It scared the absolute powers because we had strong policy to defend the area. We negotiated and were planning to leave the area, but even in those times that of so-called weakness that we were negotiating with our opposition, they still were at bay. But as soon as we decided to lower our standard and to just willy-nilly leave because we wanted to hit a due date? I mean, this isn't a company. This is, this, this is actual lives we're dealing with. Um, but anyway, policy does matter. And this is so important to when we evaluate what happened in Afghanistan, which we can look at the whole Middle East and other uh, nations when we see the rise and fall of uh, whatever nation uh, when it goes into absolute uh, tyranny. This happens because of bad policy. And I'm not saying that the United States should be the police of the world, it, and it shouldn't. We can provide aid and we can provide guidance because we have the intelligence and we have the experience. And I fully believe in the big stick policy in which you carry your big stick to show that, hey, we mean business. And only in the times that is necessary, you bonk them on the head with it. 
But we do not need to be that police. However, we need to have the policies in place to prevent tyranny, to prevent obstruction, to prevent absolute dominance of a country, especially when we know that those individuals are absolutely atrocious. Now, there are political parties I would not like to see take control of a country, but I know at least they are not going to be so tyrannical to do what the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or any of these other terrorist organizations are doing. We need good policy. And the sad part about this in a democracy is that it is indeed a democracy. It is both that that has a equilibrium. And what that does of this equilibrium of yin and yang, this good and bad, though we can have good policies at a time, democracy, depending on what's going on at home, what's happening in our pocketbooks, what's happening in our social lives, and all this jazz that determines a particular person's perspective, and when they go to the ballot box, things can change. And we had that in 2020, be it whatever uh, scenario uh, that happened in the states with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the women's movement, with um, you know, with the mainstream media, and with you know, questionable ballots. Be it as it may, democracy has a tendency of changing because people are swayed into a different perspective, and when things change. Policy changes because that is why they're called opposition. Because the Republicans and the Democrats, when it comes to policies, obviously they're different. Or you would not be having a battle for uh, power. All right? So we had Trump. Trump, like most Republicans, had a very strong policy on military and when we saw Republicans have control of office, not all the time, but for the most part, they had strong military presence and strong policies to either retain or to eliminate those tyrannical powers. And we see this constantly ever since the induction of Afghanistan in the 1960s. And when they became uh, more Taliban-centered or more tyrannical government-centered of absolute powers, we saw the United States jump in. And we see the policy changes. I mean, let's kind of di uh, di diverge to uh, uh, Vietnam for a minute. With the Nixon administration... Granted, there was several problems in that administration, which led to the demise of Nixon and where he had to shamefully resign his office and four was taking place. But Ford still maintained that we need to have a strong presence in Vietnam to combat the Viet Cong and combat uh, uh, those powers from taking over full control of South Vietnam. Well... Congress at the time 
still had a role to play in which they delegate the power of the purse. They delegate how the military will function because the president is very limited to how long he can control the military. Even though he is commander-in-chief, he cannot deploy uh, without a clear direction from Congress, an approval of Congress. And so Congress was not in favor of that, and it weakened our president in Vietnam, and which this mirrors perfectly with what just happened in Afghanistan. Because as soon as the policy changed, and as soon as that standard was lowered, Vietnam buckled, and we had to leave. We had to leave. And South Vietnam, within a matter of a few hours or a few days, was gone. And the communist-led... Uh, Viet Cong took over South Vietnam and democracy was no more. And going back to Afghanistan policy, you look at uh, Carter. Carter was very light on his policy when it came to uh, overseas and foreign policy because, you know, uh, Carter was obviously a very good guy. He just just wasn't a very strong president at all. And it was obvious come uh, election night in uh, 1980 uh, that he lost to Ronald Reagan. And it was very clear where the American people stood because that was a uh, uh, a wipeout in uh, the Electoral College for Carter. And when that policy changed, things changed in uh, Afghanistan. You know, the Soviets... They, they tried to flex on the United States, but Reagan flexed right back. The big stick policy came into place, and we, we invested. Granted that those investments at the time kind of bit us in the butt, but we did not know a couple of things about when we left, there would be a vacuum. We would assume that when we established something, it would be established, and we should have learned from that experience in the 1980s and the early 90s of what would happen in Afghanistan, but we didn't. And when Reagan and Bush left, Clinton took office, and sure, we had uh, some uh, wars in Africa and uh, uh, stuff of that nature, and we combated uh, uh, terrorists then, but we did not have as strong as a presence in which even... Uh, you know, this is not uh, Afghanistan, but we had the ability under Clinton, Bill Clinton, to get rid of Osama bin Laden in the 90s. In the 90s, before 9-11. But Bill Clinton, because of his policy, didn't do anything. Then we go into the Bush years. Granted, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of sloppy uh, decisions that were made then, and a lot of misinformation that was that led us into a long, long war. But nonetheless, Afghanistan was a good call because guess what? Osama bin Laden had been there. He had been there, and he was there. And we got rid of the Taliban. We we knocked him out. Then through the Obama years, things kind of got wishy-washy. But we did find Osama bin Laden and. You know, even though I disagree with most of his policies, he made the right call in uh, getting rid of Osama bin Laden. So that's one good thing Obama did. That is one good thing. But when Trump got into office, 
because during the Obama years, ISIS rose, the Taliban rose. But during Trump's, he, he pushed them out. Where, they were, uh, where the ISIS was taking over Iraq and where Taliban, the Taliban was uh, revving up again in Afghanistan, Trump pushed them out in both. In fact, he demolished ISIS because you never hear about ISIS on the news anymore because Trump annihilated them. He stopped it. But as soon as Biden takes over... Now, granted, as I'm recording this, we're only in... Uh, let's see. I don't know if it's... Uh, this is going to be published on Wednesday. So I guess it's just now December. Because today is a, the uh, the 27th of November as I'm recording this. But y'all are going to hear this uh, on Wednesday. Um, so <laughs> it hadn't even been a year since Biden has been in office. And within that short time span, because of policy changes, and that's and I'm I'm harping on this. But policy is so important because it can change everything. And we saw that as soon as we had a strong, uh, be it big stick or whatever you want to call it, we had a good presence. It, you don't even have to have a large army. As long as your policy is strong, you can ward off the enemy. And as soon as we left completely and we went cold turkey, the vacuum was left open. And our allies were not very well defended. And all of our, our allies across the EU and uh, Australia and uh, other nations that were helping us out in Afghanistan that were still stationed there, they had to flee. They had to buckle. They had to, they had to leave because they had no support because we were the main person there. We took all of our investments out. I mean, if we left our military, or if we uh, left our military, we should have had something there to establish something for support, and we didn't because policy said otherwise. And with democracy, this happens constantly, and that's why it is so important to be educated when you go and vote because decisions like this have large impacts, not only on you and your pocketbook, but it also has. Uh, it also has an impact on people overseas and our men and women that fight for us overseas. It has a huge impact. Now, when I saw, uh, which, you know, they do it all the time and there's not really a big problem, but I kind of got irritated. I, I, I really did get kind of irritated when I saw uh, Joe Biden. Uh, I, I'm not sure what fort he went to or if it was overseas or what. <coughs> but... He went to thank the troops, which that's all fine and good. But what a slap in the face to the troops that the commander-in-chief that basically left them nothing, that that had, oh, mm, uh, that was frustrating. It was an absolute slap in the face to all the men and women in that room when he went to congratulate them. Because it's like, you don't care. It is obvious you do not care of the well-being of those men and women because of the decisions you have made. But that's me. I'm harping. I'm harping. I'm sorry. Let me put the harp away because I do not need it. So policy, policy, kind of relating this back to the Bible, which the policy changes a lot. And we're going to see more of this because it's prophetical. In Revelation, 
uh, as it refers to uh, the lady Israel, or the lady that is uh, with child, which relates to Israel, the dragon comes. And you're going to see moments where it's going to be uh, that she's going to go through travail. It's, it's constant in and out, in and out, in and out of different changes. It's going to be a conflict that is going to be constantly back and forth. And this is what's happening right now. And when a woman is in travail... And I think uh, Brother Art Wilson uh, did such a beautiful and adequately placed job uh, because this actually kind of inspired uh, this conversation today on one of his podcasts. Um, he talked about that woman in travail and policies, but on a whole different matter because he was reflecting what was going on in the United Nations. But it's so true in policy is that with policy changes and decision-making, Things go in as a pendulum, but sometimes that pendulum, rather than it takes a few seconds to go one side to the other, it can go faster. And that's what happens within that time of pregnancy is that it starts off slow where there's longer periods of time. But as we get closer to the birth, that those travails get shorter periods. And that's what we're seeing right now is and it's sad because it's prophetical, we know what's going to happen, is that we're going to see constant pendulum swings back and forth. That's why I kind of have the uh, belief that it's either we're going to have a a Republican leader this next uh, presidential election, or we're going to have a stronger, more conservative uh, uh, Congress uh, going into the next presidential uh, years, or the next term. Um that we're going to see a policy change and where it's going to be more centered on what, focusing on what just happened and being more uh, big stick policy minded instead of these weak decisions and weak policies. Because with weak policy, it allows the enemy to come in. And we know for a fact when it comes to tyranny and when it comes to evil, evil lingers. Just like uh, the devil, it is a lion that waits to, it crouches and waits to pounce on its prey when it least expects it. And it's going to linger always. Evil exists always. And so when we decide to weaken that policy, it opens the door for them to jump and to take over and devour what's there. And that's exactly what happened in Afghanistan. And what will happen if we're if we weaken our policy elsewhere? I mean, God forbid. I mean, we see that right now with weak policies throughout the United States, the craziness that is going on in our world and in our nation and in our communities. I mean, to look at some of these communities that they 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 praise this, it is absolutely oh gosh, it is absolutely terrifying. It is sickening. Because absolute evil lingers and it is definitely devouring these communities. And we need to be prepared. We need to be prayerful. We need to ready ourselves because we, we as individuals cannot allow this 
to allow what's happening in Afghanistan to go on, to allow and see the deterioration of our communities to go on. Because they happen in this community, it will happen in your community as well. We need to be prepared spiritually and in the uh, practical in the government world. Because what you see in California and all these crazy uh, cities in the Northeast and in the Northwest and what's happening in some urban areas in the Midwest, and what's happening in some places and here even in the South. We cannot allow it to happen here. We need to have the big stick policies in our own personal lives and combat that. And you can only do that through prayer and fasting. And to actually... Now here's a crazy, here's a crazy subject. To actually engage... Because you cannot allow, or you cannot uh, think you're going to make a difference by sitting on the couch and doing nothing. You actually have to engage yourself because this is a democracy. In order for anything to have change, you have to stand up and you have to get engaged in the process. That is what makes change. That's what makes a difference. That's what. That's what's so important with. Uh, policy is that you, you must be engaged. And so if we want to see these changes take effect, we need to be prepared. I'm not saying that Trump is the only decision that we have, but we need to be mindful of the impacts of what voting does. If you, I mean, look at, it, look in your community. If you and a couple of others, if you know you decided not to vote that year or you just never voted before, imagine if you did because I have seen elections. Like here even in my local city elections or my county elections, there was a guy that won by 19 votes. 19 votes. And there was about 100 people that decided not to vote in that area. The impact that could have been made if those people would have turned out to vote that uh, that cycle. The impact that could have been made. That is your obligation. That is your job to get out there and make the difference. And unfortunately, the you know, this happens all the time. Elections are determined by turning out to vote. And our, our policies are at stake. Our Christian policies are at stake. I mean... This, this goes greater and beyond just the Taliban. It is community. This relates to community. Policy matters. And we need to be prepared with our own spiritual big stick policy. Because soon, soon, they'll come for you. Whew. All right. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a long episode, which... It had been a while, so granted, this one was going to be a little bit longer than what my uh, usuals have been. Um, I have not forgotten y'all, and I hope y'all understand things just have been busy, and I hope things slow down a little bit in my world, and I really intend to do my best to try to make it weekly. Uh, I know it's going to be hard, but I am going to do my 
best to make my podcast available and to hear from y'all and to answer your questions because, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to be developing because you have elections. I mean, you saw what happened in Virginia. You saw how tight it got in uh, New Jersey. Uh, Policy changes are coming. Uh, people are getting fed up and they're sick. I mean, it's only been a it hadn't even been a year, and they're already tired and sick of the current administration. And it it is very, very interesting to see how things develop. And I hope to be there to be your commentator uh, with the with an apostolic perspective of of uh, news and politics. And um, stay tuned. Uh, and uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider subscribing, leaving a kind rating, and sharing this podcast on social media or with a friend. So until next time, we will continue this discussion equipping you for the campaigns ahead right here on Top of the Mount.